0: You ever have that feeling where you're not sure if you're awake or still dreaming? Well, dreams—they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something was actually strange. The idea that has always fascinated me about dreams is that everything within that dream is created by your own mind as you experience it. You remember the chance to. Entire cities, things that never existed, things that couldn't exist in the real world. Hello, and welcome back to the Lucid Dreaming Podcast. This is episode 19, and today I want to talk about myths and misconceptions about lucid dreaming. It's um, basically based on an article, a post I wrote uh, for the lucid dreaming subreddit on on reddit.com by the way if you haven't visited yet you should really check it out it's a great place and a great community with resources and a place to ask questions and interact with other people who are lucid dreaming so if you've never been on reddit or just never been on our lucid dreaming on reddit i highly recommend it so i wrote this article um it's kind of like a dedicated post for for the sub and I thought to do a, an episode and uh, go over these these concepts and, and these things, which are, are common misconceptions, a lot of things I see, a lot of confusion, uh, questions I see repeatedly. And I thought this is a good way to kind bunch of bunch them together and, and clarify them. And I can expand a little more um, when I talk here on the podcast rather than when I just write it down. But before I get started, there's a couple of cool things I wanted to mention. Someone uh, contacted me and her name is Brittany. She is a trainer for Alpine Endurance Athletes. And what she's doing is really cool and unique. So I thought I it's worth a mention. Um, basically, she um, wants to try and incorporate um, lucid dreaming training for helping with training of athletes. And I know a lot of people who use lucid dreaming as a place to practice um, and train and do all sorts of things, whether it's, uh, you know, for martial arts and or for music, practicing playing the piano, uh, practicing just, you know, speaking in front of people, just getting used to an experience because, of course, lucid dreaming is such a unique arena in which you can have a virtual reality experience that is very similar to, if not almost identical in in terms of the experience itself, where it feels and looks real, then you can prepare yourself for something. And something like Alpine endurance athletes um, and and the extreme conditions and such a unique kind of thing is an interesting approach. So check it out. You can go to magneticnorth.us. I'll put the exact link for um, the particular aspect about lucid dreaming on the show notes. Uh, but you can you can find it on magneticnorth.us as well. Take a look; it's uh, it's pretty cool. If any of you, of course, happen to be uh, endurance athletes uh, that are going to train in the alpines, another cool thing I wanted to mention is a lucid dreaming uh, research that is going to take place in University of Wisconsin, and this looks like a really really. Sort of cutting edge research uh, that's happening, and this—the um, reason I'm mentioning it is because it's—it's going to take place uh, in the beginning of, of 2015, and they're looking for more people to participate now for this particular study. From what I understand, they're looking for uh, people who are very adept at lucid dreaming, that in uh, particularly, people who can frequently and almost on on demand have a lucid dream a minimum of three per week or if you can do it every night that's even better i know it's there's fewer that can do it but if you are in the wisconsin area or you can travel to wisconsin they can't pay for travel but they are paying 75 dollars um for the overnight study and you also get a CD uh, With the movies of your 3d anatomy of your brain from the MRI scan hell I would do it just for the MRI a copy of my MRI scan. That's pretty cool Um, So it looks like this is researching it's either two separate studies that are are maybe conducted uh, at the same time or or this is one study um, That looks at several subjects, but this is both about lucid dreaming as far as I understand if I understand correctly as well as Lucid sleeping. If you uh, remember, if you've listened to the episode with Andrew Holacek about dream yoga, he talks about being aware um, not only during your dream state but also your deep, dreamless sleep state, which is uh, fascinating. So I think this research is conducting that phenomena as well. So if you can do that, if you if you know that you're in your experience, you have. Managed to accomplish that as well, you are perfect for this study. And Andrew um, is involved in this research, so that is fantastic. That is uh, really exciting. And um, this is some top-notch researchers. So if you are an expert lucid dreamers, if you can achieve lucidity on a, on a very frequent, very regular basis, and you are either in the Wisconsin area or can travel to Wisconsin for... Um, one to four nights to sleep in a really cool lab with all the coolest gadgets um, then contact Ben his email address is bbaird at wisc.edu I'll repeat the email again but I'll also put a link in the show notes on my website um, that's Ben and his email address is bbaird at WISC.edu. Very, very cool. I can't wait to see what comes from this study. Um, this is some some really cutting-edge, front-of-the-line research for, for lucid dreaming. Um, and uh, this is, to me, this is the, the coolest, most exciting thing. So if you don't fit this criteria... Uh, and also there's a, a few more exclusion for the criteria. If you're taking medications that affect sleep, you can't participate. Uh, if you have any sleep disorder, you can't participate. You need to be between 18 and 45 years old. Um, and you need to be able to be uh, to enter an MRI. So if you have metal in your body, I don't think you can do it. So if you are fitting for this, please, please contact them because it's freaking awesome. And uh, if you can't, maybe you know somebody who does. So spread the word and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get them a few more people to participate in the study. Uh, the more subjects they have, the better this study can be, the more data samples and the more awesomeness ensues. And hopefully we'll soon learn um, more from this uh, this research. Very, very cool. Ben and everybody else involved in this uh in this study, uh, I wish you the best of luck. This is fantastic. Okay. And now to our subject. So, the most common question I see is, was I lucid? People posting the question, you know, trying to describe their dream and trying to figure out if they were lucid or not. Or, or people ask, what defines a lucid dream? And I've said it before and it, to me it kind of seems obvious because a lot of people are asking it. Let me be very, very clear. And I do think that a lucid dream is something very particular. And it's relatively, in most cases, very easy to identify. A lucid dream is a dream in which you know you're dreaming while you are dreaming. So basically, if you were aware of the fact that you're dreaming while you were dreaming, while the dream was happening, then yes, you were lucid. Now, there are a couple of kind of exceptions. I want to encompass that um one is the fact that sometimes you're like tithering on the edge of lucidity like you're in a dream and you're you're thinking wait maybe this is a dream am i dreaming or something seems weird and you're kind of questioning it but you're not quite sure it's that really fuzzy moment where your awareness doesn't quite cross over Uh, and then you wake up and you're like ah that, that was so close so i guess you were right on the edge but Maybe it doesn't quite count until you know indeed for a fact that you're dreaming. Uh, and even once you are aware that you're dreaming, the dream can still be fuzzy. Uh, it's not always vivid. Even your awareness of it is not quite concrete. Um, so it is, a, it is a point on a continuum, as I always say. I, I feel that it's a point on a spectrum. But once you pass that point, it's, it's, it becomes a lot more distinct. And in most cases, it's, it's as far as I can tell from most people I talk to, it's very cut and dry. Like, it hits you sometimes like a like a ton of bricks. So, now, here's the second thing that I want to clarify. Another myth, and in, in, this is, I think, why people uh, are asking, was I lucid? They say, you know, I knew I was dreaming, but I couldn't control the dream. I, I wasn't lucid. They, there is the, the misunderstanding out there that, being lucid is being able to control your dream. But lucidity does not equal dream control. And that's the clarification. Dream control is basically a a separate skill, uh, an aspect of lucid dreaming that you you might find that you have right as you become lucid for the very first time, and you can control the dream pretty well. Or you might find that you don't have control at all over the dream, although you know you are dreaming. And I know that seems kind of conflicting. But over time, and the more you experience it, the more control you gain, the more sort of the higher your level of lucidity, the more control you gain. I think our brain is just not used to being able to control the environment so much. Next up, people ask a lot. And, and I guess a lot of these myths and misconceptions uh, uh, are coming from or or my clarification are aimed at Beginners, I guess, but not always uh, because with experience a lot of these misconceptions kind of disappear on their own because your experience kind of shows you What actually is accurate or not? So uh, the next one up is sleep paralysis people a lot of asked there there, you know I want to lucid dream, but I'm afraid of sleep paralysis You know, this is sleep paralysis required or needed for lucid dreaming I know I haven't done an episode about sleep paralysis, but let me give you a little bit of the rundown and if you've never heard of it don't worry about it if you have heard of it and you wondered about it here's the the short gist it's a little more nuanced than that but I'll, I'll give you the rundown so sleep paralysis is a phenomenon related to sleep atonia or muscle atonia and it's a natural process by which the body temporarily paralyzes most of the muscles and then when you fall asleep, so you won't basically act out your dream or move around while you're dreaming or while you're sleeping. And sleep paralysis is basically what happens during the part where you either fall asleep or when you wake up from sleep. So if you if you fall asleep and your you still stay stay you're starting to fall asleep and you're still staying aware, but but uh, sleep atonia has already set in while you're still aware. That's sleep paralysis. Or if you're waking up, um, and you're starting to wake up, but sleep um, sleep atonia has not released yet, and you have not yet regained, you know, control over your your muscles and your body, then that's sleep paralysis as well. It's basically still being awake to a degree while sleep atonia is present. That's the, the that's the basic gist of it. Again, it has more nuances, but. We don't need more details than that for explaining this. Now, it also happens to be accompanied for whatever reason with with uh, for most people, not not everybody. Uh, when that happens, there's also kind of a scary effect to it. The brain manifests some weird um, phenomena that can be a little frightening, can be a lot frightening to some, but for the most part, it's just you know, a, a, there's all sorts of effects. Uh, you feel like there's pressure on your chest, or you know, there's entities in the room, or some such things, and it's a little weird. But you have to remember that if it does happen to you, it's completely harmless. Nothing, nobody's in the room, nothing will happen to you. Many people have been through this many, many times, and it's not a problem. You don't really have to actually be afraid. And if you can, if it happens to you and you remember this, you'll have an easier time. Now, why is this even related to lucid dreaming? Why do people mention it? Uh, sleep paralysis in in relation to lucid dreaming is for two reasons. Um, One, because of some of the methods to induce lucid dreaming can cause you to end up in sleep paralysis because you're, again, you're trying to sometimes maintain awareness as you fall asleep and so on. Um, And the second reason is that sleep paralysis can be used as the occurrence from which you can Transition into a lucid dream. So people who experience sleep paralysis Actually use it to induce lucidity. So that's the the basic gist. But here is my point So first of all the clarification about this misconception is that sleep paralysis is not necessary Or needed at all to achieve lucidity or to practice lucid dreaming in general and in fact if you're asking me and this is my personal opinion Unless you're already experiencing sleep paralysis naturally, in which case you might as well use it to try to become lucid, there's no reason to attempt getting into sleep paralysis on purpose because there's plenty of other methods and ways to become lucid. You don't need to maybe go through this experience that can be scary in order to become lucid. So I don't think it's necessary. So again, if you've never experienced it, uh, if you've never had it, don't worry about it. Most people actually don't experience it. And that's as far as I understand. I know there are people who do experience this, but most people I talk to in lucid dreaming, that's not that common. But because the people who do experience it talk about it, and it can be scary, it becomes like such a such a thing that people uh, are worried about. I say don't worry, especially if you've never had any ex- experience with it. Okay. Another one is, and I hear this one a lot from people who naturally lucid dream, but lucid dream, but are not interested in lucid dreaming, is that lucid dreaming, because you're active during the night and you're flying, or riding around, that you'll be tired and exhausted when you, when you wake up. And that's not accurate at all. So here's, here's, what, here's, my, here's my experience and my understanding of it and here's what I've talked to people about. So people who naturally lucid dream and enjoy lucid dreaming are not only not waking up uh, tired, they're waking up invigorated and energetic and happy. In my own experience, even though I don't naturally lucid dream and I, I have to put a lot of effort into it, um, when I lucid dream, I do wake up more energetic and more ecstatic and happy than I ever, ever do from a non-lucid dream, except for the rare occurrence where a dream is just so amazing and positive. But most of my dreams are just bizarre and the ones that are lucid are wonderful and unique. And um, and again, even if I don't fly or just, you know, just that experience and just that awareness in the dream is is still, after all this time, really energizing. So, you know, you don't have to be afraid um, that you'll you'll wake up tired. And again, I think the only exception is that if your activities in your dream are stressful, the people who I talk to who wake up tired, it's more about the content of their dream uh, rather than the fact that was it lucid or was it not lucid dream. That doesn't seem to be the factor. It's usually just what happens in the dream. Because again, it's, it's, the, the experience can be and feel so real even if you know that you're dreaming that it, it, it affects you. It affects you physically, biologically, mentally, psychologically, and so on. And this is something that I've heard almost across the board. And again, the only other people I've heard something different or not exactly different but but something different in, in a way that it's the, it's the ones, I have a, a few people that I've talked to who said that they they always lose dream? They naturally lose a dream. Um, they didn't know it's called lucid dreaming, or that that you know, it's something unique and so on. But they don't want it. And they don't want it. I think because they've always experienced it, and they and they don't control their dreams, or they don't see them as something that they should pay attention to, or care about, or uh, play around with, or experience in a different way. They they just have the belief that. In sleep, they should be kind of knocked out and really rest or something like that. Even though that even in non-lucid dream, your brain is more active than it is during the day, at least in, in dreaming states. So the people who just never asked for lucid dreaming and ha- happen to get it uh, and happen to not like it just because they've never really explored it are the ones who tell me that they wake up tired. And when I ask them, again, what I what I get is that they're their, um, experience within the dream, the content of their dream is, is, is stressful sometimes. So what I always say is, you know, try to engage with the dream or try to do something a little different or try to look at it different and, and give it a try. So I wouldn't worry about that. If that worries you, you will not wake up tired, especially if you're having fun in the dream. Here is a weird one. Okay. Next. Um, I've heard people claim that they they can have a dream that spans for days and weeks or even years. I've heard that that very rarely, but there are people who claim this. Now, as far as I understand and as far as the research and data shows, that is not actually the case. Stephen LeBurge has done research on that and actually shown, displayed through EEG uh, and another method that the occurrences in a dream are pretty much equivalent in time, in time passage or experience, a perception of time, to waking life and to waking time. So dream time is pretty much equivalent to waking time. There's another study that just recently has been done that, that displays the same, that shows the same thing only with the exception of some tasks feel like they're taking longer uh, to do in a dream. In. And and even that is only 50% longer to do in a dream than in than waking state. So if your dream is 30 minutes, you might feel like it was an hour or so or sometimes more. Not how long you've slept, but how long the experience in the dream was. But every research and indication should, with, we, with people who can lose a dream on command shows that their experience in the dream is of the of their perception of time is the equivalent of that in waking life so there isn't actually a recorded case showing somebody who who felt like they're dreaming you know for for weeks or years or so on and i'm not talking about um you know a dream like a movie that you know has a montage that skips through time and jumps forward and you know years have passed or something like that that might happen in the content of the dream but you won't feel like you've experienced a year's worth of life. You'll wake up and be confused as to where you are if that would actually happen. Um, So just like in the movie, you sit down and it's three hours and you've seen a span of time of three years, but your experience was only of three hours or so. But the perception of time in the dream can shift only to the same degree that the perception of time in waking life can shift. So if you're bored, time feels like it's barely moving. But if you're having fun, time feels like it flies. And that's what I mean in terms of like how the perception of time can move. But there isn't as far as I can tell or any research uh, or trustworthy anecdotal evidence uh, or stories that I've heard that indicate anything other than that. The only exception I've ever encountered is if people are either on drugs, something like... um, I don't know, I think LSD or DMT or one of those, um, or people have had head trauma or brain injury uh, in a sort of near-death experience. And even in that case, the likely theory is that their brain has released some kind of chemicals um, like DMT. The brain makes DMT. Um, that that can have this effect of like near death experience and then you know a very long time passing or 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 the experience as if there is no time passing at all, uh, not even slow and so on. So that's the only exception, but that I don't think is happening in a lucid dream. Although if you if the theory is that the brain is producing such a chemical, perhaps it can release it in a dream, but I don't really know. I haven't heard of uh, many of those such cases, and definitely there are none. In the scientific uh, studies. Hope that was clear enough. Uh, but again, I don't think that that uh, seems to be happening to anybody. Okay, and the last one, and it seems to be uh, the most controversial I've, I've uh, written about, and I've had some people argue with me about this one, uh, is the one that I've talked about. Is it that, you know, what happens in a lucid dream has no consequences on real life? Now, Technically, that one is accurate. Like, nothing you can do in a lucid dream will actually hurt somebody in the physical world. But my theory, and this goes back to the episode I talked about your, your two lives, is that, you know, I've heard people say, you know, that it's fine to take out your aggressions and do violent things in your dreams uh, because there's no consequences. But again, if you remember, and we talked about the people who are waking up tired or exhausted. Um, And I've talked to people who wake up very, very sad from a dream because they had an emotional experience, Um, whether it's falling in love or, you know, a breakup or something, especially in in regular dreams, because you don't know that it's a dream. And so it affects you even more. But even in a lucid dream, and yes, unless you're like a robot that's not affected by anything, even if you know that you're dreaming, the experience can feel and seem real. And just like in real life, that has an effect on you. It has an effect on you biologically and psychologically. Your brain chemistry changes, your heart rate goes up, and so on and so forth, depending on the experience. And because of that, anything that you, any activity and type of activity that you reinforce, if you do violent things, that's what you're feeding your brain. And in fact, there's been plenty of research demonstrating how doing the same action or even thinking about an action repeatedly rewires your brain it creates neural pathways with that activity or that perception reinforced in your mind so just really think about what you're focusing on just day to day in your thoughts but also in your dreams while you're lucid dreaming and having different activities so I just want to kind of reinforce that and that's and I understand that's my take. it's it's just my theory, but I think there's plenty of evidence to support it and I've talked to enough people that are lucid dreaming where that seems to be reinforcing just that. And only the few people, the exceptions to the rule are are saying no, I can do whatever I want and it doesn't affect me. I don't think you know it affects you. That's the problem. I don't think you know it affects you just as much as, you don't know how everything else in waking life affects you. Like, people didn't realize until studies came out that physical exercise actually alleviates depression. Why does physical exercise have an effect on your, your mental condition? Just biologically, not even the fact that you're exercise and so you're more energetic and you're happier. It's actually biologically uh, affecting your brain chemistry in such a way that can alleviate depression. That's amazing. Another example that recently uh, is coming to light showing the connection between gut bacteria and mental health. Um, your entire body is complex and it's working in ways that we have still, we, we barely scratch the surface and what you eat affects your gut bacteria. So your what you eat might actually affect your mental state and if you actually pay attention to how you feel after you eat Or if you eat something on a regular basis, you will start seeing that effect and that difference. Um, The same goes for thinking in the same kind of patterns or thought loops and so on. And the same goes for the content of your dreams. I know personally, I'm very, very affected by the content of my dreams. And it changes my whole day, which is one of the reasons I love lucid dreaming so much. It's having the effect on how I feel and how I experience the day and how I wake up, of course. So... These are a few of the ones of the things that I wanted to clarify about you know the the misconceptions and the myths, and um, there's there's plenty more. There's a lot of you know misunderstandings out there, and I'll I'll keep talking about the rest of them as as, as more of them come up. But I think this is a, a good nice little overview and maybe a good introduction for anybody that has kind of was wondering about all these little nuances of lucid dreaming, and I'm always and and. Again, I, I want to remember that I'm not the end-all, be-all authority on lucid dreaming. I just love it and I read about it and I research it and I try it and practice it and so on. And if you have feedback or if you want to argue with me or if you think I'm wrong about something, let me know and I'll you look at it and I'll argue it and I'll correct my mistake if I'm mistaken and if I'm proven wrong about something, by all means, that's how I learned from it. And that's how you hopefully learn from it if I bring it up again and say, hey, you know what? Turns out I was wrong about this. Um, but this is this is to my best, the best of my ability and the best of my understanding. So I think that's plenty for today. Check out the show notes on the website for the links and mentions that I said, the email for Ben from the University of Wisconsin. I'm very excited about this research. Hope you enjoyed this episode. You can always find me on Twitter at TheLucidSage or on my website at lucidsage.com. Thank you for listening. Sweet and lucid dreams.